Hello, and welcome to LX2 Codependency Coaching. I am Stella. We are recording live on Instagram at Luna underscore X2 underscore LLC. Uh, for those of you who haven't checked out my story, um, all of my stickers are done and available. I have been handing them out to all sorts of people, um, and they're also for sale. So if you want to check those out, they're on my story. They're also in my uh, feed. And love you too, honey. Um, and so I, they're just a lot of fun. So I have made, um, well, I had a friend collaborate with me to design these stickers that I are, I'm super proud of, but they are sayings that I say on a regular basis and I say them on the podcast and I say them to clients and, uh, I'm kind of in love with the, the sticker situation cause they're kind of fun. Um, so today I wanted to talk about deadheading the roses, um, which is, it's a, it's an interesting concept, right? So when I was growing up in, uh, in Albuquerque in the South Valley, uh, there was a rose bush at the front end of the yard, right by the driveway. And, uh, I loved this rose bush it had deep red, beautiful roses. And in order to continue to get them to keep growing and to keep blooming, you have to take off the, um, the deadheads the roses that have already bloomed and are past their prime. Um, and I, for some reason, I think I just instinctively knew that that's what you had to do. I would trim the rose bush regularly, but um, I would cut off the, the dead roses or the, you know, post bloom uh, deadheads. <clears throat> and so one of the things that I knew would happen was that it would continue to bloom uh, well through blooming season. And that made me really happy because I do love flowers and I love nature in that way. Um, and, and my mom had cut flowers always in her kitchen, which I loved. Um, and so this idea of deadheading the roses has continued to come up, uh, where I live now. There are beautiful roses, all different colors and, and kinds in the front yard. And, uh, so when I first moved in, I was like, um, I'm going to, I'm going to trim up the rose bush. And so, you know, my roommate and friend was like, okay. Um, and as I continued to do that, the roses continued to bloom and they're, like I said, all different colors, all different kinds, and they're incredibly beautiful. So this week, um, deadheaded the roses and started thinking about that idea of cutting off the, the dead parts or the, um, the post bloom, you know, pieces of ourselves. Um, and, uh, you know, sometimes relationships and things. Um, I'm getting ready to do a new workshop in November uh, about the Holiday Boundary Toolkit. I had done a podcast on it last year in November when I was in Ireland, um, kind of wrote up some stuff. And so now I have turned that into a full workshop. And so part of, you know, really considering the idea of boundaries and relationships, especially the relationships that we want to keep, um, is really about really considering what we have done before and what we want to do differently to maintain our peace, um, but also to maintain the relationships that we're in. And, um, sorry, it's allergy morning. Uh, <laughs> but this idea of deadheading the roses kept coming to me and it kept coming up in such a way that I was like, okay, these two things are similar and they have things in common. And so how do I convey that message? Um, and then, you know, as the universe often does, um, sent me a client and we we're talking about family relationships 
old coping skills and this idea of guilt, right? Because we often feel guilty when we create boundaries or create separation or create distance from where I end and where you begin. Um, and that idea of guilt has often been a theme through my awareness of codependency and codependent relationships, uh, as well as like passive aggression, um, which is, I have often said, you know, we talk about the guilt trip, right? So those are tickets to the guilt trip and we don't have to receive them if we don't want to. So all of these ideas are kind of floating around in my brain. Um, and so when I was talking to this client, you know, they were talking about really struggling with uh, creating boundaries and maintaining boundaries with the fam familial relationships that they have. So uh, here on, on Luna X2 or LX2, we call that titled relationships, uh, human beings with a title uh, that are, that are really, um, they're just human beings. And when we get past that idea of prescribed behavior based on society of what those title relationships should be, uh, we just see the human being as the human being. And so then we can create boundaries in that, uh, in that way that feels good for us. And if the goal is to maintain the relationship, then we can continue to maintain the relationship with boundaries. So all of those things are coming together. And uh, so my client was talking about, well, I feel guilty, right? And so I, you know, had had shared that guilt is just a feeling. It's kind of a useless emotion, doesn't really do a lot. For some people, it can be motivating to do things that either they wanna do or they don't wanna do, but the way that we distinguish what is something that we want to do versus an obligation is that, that word want, I want to do a thing. Oftentimes when we are just learning how to set boundaries, we, uh, we use the word I can't. I just can't do it. I just, my, my schedule is so busy or I, I can't, uh, I can't spare the time or whatever it is. And the reality is I don't want to. Um, but oftentimes when we feel obligated, um, that idea of obligation comes from other people's expectation of who you are and how you should behave. So I start to think about what that looks like when it comes to this season in particular, uh, <laughs> obligation season, AKA the holiday season. Um, and oftentimes when I am working with clients on shifting, you know, their relationship dynamics and teaching them how to express their boundaries in a way that feels, um, caring and considerate of themselves first and then the other person, oftentimes we have to look at, are you doing these things because you want to, consciously choose to, genuine to who you are, or because you feel obligated to do things? Um, and keep in mind, I am always working on this because it is a thing that, again, I identify as a codependent human in recovery who is constantly working on, on their behavior. And I don't teach things to, you know, human beings either in my office, you know, in a, in a workshop classroom or here that I'm not consciously working on myself all the time. So really thinking about heading into obligation season, a lot of times we've grown up with these ideas of how we need to behave based on our family of origin and the societal expectation of how things are supposed to be. Um, and so they're old ideas 
and they don't necessarily fit with who we are trying to be as we are trying to maintain our peace um, and trying to maintain, you know, our self-love and all the things that we are working on as we continue to heal, grow, and change. Water. So I think about the idea that um, we have these old behaviors, right? And they come because they come, we come by them honestly like we are we are taught behaviors by the adults who are in charge who model behaviors for us and then we are reinforced with those ideas you know kind of out in the larger world in uh in school in just society in general and this idea that um being of service to other people or um unselfish or obligated to do certain things is how we kind of get stuck because that's where that resentment comes from. That's where that underlying feeling of I do all of these things for you and now I have an expectation that you do them for me uh, kind of comes from that reciprocity of like, well, I do all these things and I'm hoping that, you know, I get that acceptance, validation and love from the other person. That is the deadhead. That is the unhelpful behavior that we continue to participate in because of the expectation of those relationships and dynamics. And if we don't cut off that unhelpful behavior, then we continue to do it. What I know to be true, specific to roses, is that if we don't cut off the deadheads, it doesn't continue to bloom. It just stays, it's green and it's beautiful, but we don't have more roses. And so, as we start to learn what our behavior is, as we start to pay attention to and create that awareness of where is my resentment, anger, frustration coming from, then you can start to pay attention to what, what is my behavior, what is my contribution to this dynamic, and how do I change it effectively, deadheading the roses? How do I continue to bloom, grow, and change in the relationship dynamics as I become, you know, a mother or as I enter a new relationship or as I continue to be the best version of myself, how do I change that and cut off that behavior that no longer serves me? So part of that is, um, you know, taking an inventory of your energetic threshold, which I can't say capacity, um, <laughs> but starting to pay attention to like, in what relationship dynamics do I feel overwhelmed? Do I feel frustrated? Do I feel unheard? Do I feel unseen? Do I feel invalidated? Okay. We all have those relationship dynamics and part of those are titled relationships, but part of those are just relationships we've been in, in a long time for a long time. And, you know, that's just how I feel in that relationship. It's not great, but it's, you know, and, and none of them are terrible, right? The terrible relationships are different, and we'll talk about those on another day, but it's the, the, the regular relationships and dynamics that we participate in on a regular basis, um, and the ones that we want to be part of, the ones that we want to engage in, those are the relationships that might test our boundaries or might test our energetic thresholds to be like, I don't really like how I feel when I'm in that dynamic, or my favorite one is I don't really have the energy to deal with that relationship right now. That's not helpful, um, but we can tolerate a lot, actually, um, and especially if it's a long-standing relationship, right? So as I was thinking about this idea of deadheading the roses, what I was thinking about is 
the relationships that I don't participate in consistently anymore. Um, and part of that is me recognizing my energetic threshold to participate in those relationship dynamics, either on a short-term or a long-term basis. Um, I have identified as an extrovert for most of my life because I am a high energy, uh, you know, be with people kind of human or have been until I started doing this work. Um, and part of doing this work is sharing space with human beings one-on-one, -on -one, um, really processing a lot of emotion. So I've shared with you before that I do process emotion often and I do process it quickly. And what I also know to be true is that it is exhausting. Um, and, and especially being more in touch with my own emotion, um, for a long time, I was very uh, cut off, right? I've talked about the fact that I was an emotionally unavailable human being, <laughs> which feels and sounds very strange when you think about it now, as I, you know, process emotions in, you know, in real life, um, in front of human beings and on the podcast, and certainly having written about processing emotion. Now I am more aware of how much it takes out of me to process emotion. Um, I worked for 10 years before I went away um, for a year doing processing emotion and modeling it for my clients, really talking about all the emotions besides the mad, sad, and glad um, to be able to teach them how to be aware of their own emotional threshold, to be aware of what their emotions are, and to be aware of what their resources are when it comes to boundaries. So their time, their space, their stuff, um, time-space stuff. <laughs> There are five boundaries and we all know what they are. Uh, one of them is sex. Um, but really recognizing like where you end in terms of what you are managing and where other people begin. And so when we start to pay attention to how much energy, how much emotion, emotional boundary, uh, how much we are, you know, expending from our resource kind of buckets, um, we start to pay attention to those relationship dynamics that are, you know, replenishing what our capacity is and what is draining for us. <clears throat> and those emotional um, kind of tolls fluctuate depending on, you know, where the other person is, where we are, all the things. What we can manage and control is ours. And really, you know, like we talk about always is what we can manage and control. What we can control in our lives are our choices and our um, behavior, right? Um, and so when, when, when I'm talking about um, reacting versus responding, when I'm talking about, um, you know, having the, the hope, both toxic and positive, uh, when I'm talking about all the things that, you know, that I've shared with you, I recognize what is mine to control and what is someone else's. And so when I have shifted and changed my behavior, um, it's generally for my benefit, but also recognizing if I am, am working in relationship with another human, what am I getting back? So that there is that reciprocity and the relationship continues to be healthy and positive and it continues to grow. The relationships that are not maybe as reciprocal I'm less likely to continue to invest as much as I have in the past with the hopes that I get that validation, acceptance, and love. Um, that said, 
there are certain relationships that I want to maintain, that I want to continue to have, but those relationships can continue to be productive as long as there are healthy boundaries in them. Back to this idea of, you know, the holiday season and obligation. <clears throat> there are some relationships we choose to participate in, um, either, you know, because they're titled or because we really do enjoy and value the other person's dynamic, um, but we may need to have more boundaries so that it does not get exhausting, so that it does not continue to deplete our resources. And if we continue to be consistent and communicate our boundaries, um, then we can continue to participate in the relationship, but just in a different way. And so again, back to behavior, if we can shift and change the behavior to you know, benefit us as well as benefit the relationship, you know, I have talked about like, do you wanna be in relationship or do you wanna be right? Oftentimes when we wanna be right, we're gonna get real stuck in unhelpful behavior. We're gonna get real stuck in our feelings, whatever they are, and usually negative, and then you know start to build that resentment, start to build that anger. Um, and so then it's gonna make us and make me, I have you know spoken about how I can get real reactive, which is not helpful. I can get very cutty, I can say unhelpful things, like all of those things are not gonna benefit the relationship. Now, some relationships I have, you know, cut off and, and I've definitely talked about the fact that, you know, I, I cut people off often, uh, not often, but I do recognize that like, and it's not always dramatic and it's not like a big fight. Sometimes I just don't participate anymore, um, to the same level that I have in the past. And part of that is time. And part of that is, um, shifting the dynamics and what I know to be true. Um, I was talking, uh, with friends yesterday about friendship. Um, and I, I'm so grateful when I get to spend um, quality time with my, my kind of ride or die tequila and shovel friends, um, because I do recognize that those dynamics are replenishing. Those dynamics are uh, reciprocal in a really significant way. And um, when I get to spend time with like multiple of them, which does not happen very often, but yesterday I, had, I got to spend time with three of them uh, of the five. <laughs> conversation with one also. Um, but I did recognize that one of the true hallmarks of being in those kinds of relationships is I can be my full self. And what I know to be true is they see all of my parts at the same time. Those human beings are the ones that can call me on my shit, but they also know exactly who I am. And that has grown and changed and evolved over time in those relationship dynamics. Um, we can't always be our whole full self with everyone in our lives. One, that would be exhausting. And two, uh, that might not be uh, the best for ourselves and them, right? Um, but what I know to be true is that those, those human beings, my tequila and shovel friends, uh, the people that I choose to be in relationship with, see all of my parts at the same time in a way that I'm super grateful for. And it makes me more comfortable being my full self most of the time. Um, and so, you know, we've talked about getting in the box. We've talked about how codependency often will lead us to cutting off parts of ourselves or not being our full selves in certain relationship dynamics because we fear that we are going to lose them. We fear that we are going to offend them. Um, we fear that those people will somehow not accept, validate, and love us. 
if we do not behave in the prescribed way that they have the expectation of back to obligation, right? I feel obligated to do and say and be certain ways in front of certain people. I often think about grandmas uh, when, when that comes up, right? So, cause grandmas are, depending on your grandma, uh, we usually have two, but not always. And sometimes you have more, which is awesome. Um, in my experience working with human beings for 10 years, there is usually two kinds of grandmas, uh, the kind that are wonderful and sweet and, you know, make comfort food and, and love you unconditionally. And then there's a judgy grandma. Uh, and so <laughs> a judgy grandma is always like, you know, annoyed with, you know, whatever your parents are doing and what you're doing and, you know, often telling you that you need to be better at life. Uh, and so, and there's also this idea that, you know, we can't say that in front of your grandma. We can't <laughs> we don't do that in front of your grandma. Uh, I remember when I was, uh, my daughter was a very precocious human, started speaking at nine months and uh, she picked up all the words that I said, including the ones that are, you know, less savory. I think they taste great in your mouth, but uh, <laughs> anyway, there were certain things and, and my mom uh, knows a lot of words and most of them are the unhelpful kind. Um, but I told my daughter, I was like, look, you can't say a word unless you know the definition and you use it correctly in a sentence. Um, again, precocious human. So she knew a lot of words and she knew how to use them in a sentence. She also knew how to spell them. Not my favorite. Um, but uh, you know, the rule was you couldn't say that in front of one grandma in front of the other grandma, not helpful, but you know, do whatever you need to do. So really thinking about the things that you're supposed to say in front of certain adults um, and who you can be. What I know to be true is my clients and you know, the humans that I spend time with, my tequila and shovel friends, I can be my full self. Think about, <laughs> exactly, <laughs> think about the humans in your life that you could be your full self with all of your parts at the same time, the good, the bad, the ugly. This was a rule, exactly. <laughs> Certain things you can't say in front of your grandma. Um, that said, the people that are in your life that see you, all of your parts at the same time are going to be accepting when you set a boundary. They're going to be aware of your capacity in a way that is helpful for you and for them. And those are the people that you want to spend time with without obligation. You want to spend time with them. Thinking about that, right? Thinking about those people as we go into obligation season, aka holiday season, there are going to be people you don't necessarily have the full capacity to spend time with. And that's fine. If you want to go because you want to maintain the relationship, the best way to manage that is by managing your energetic threshold, is by managing your boundaries, is by saying, I will go to Thanksgiving and saying this to your accountability partner or your just your partner in general, I'll go, but I only want to go for two hours and I want to take my own car. <laughs> That's a boundary, right? I want to take my own car. I want to make sure that we have a time limit set. If I give you the look, then we're going to go, right? I know that when I set up those behaviors, I am more likely to manage myself. That means I will not get as frustrated or overwhelmed or anxious in those environments because even though I'm doing it because I want to make you, my partner happy, or, you know, these people, I want to definitely see my cousin when I go to this thing, 
I don't want to spend all my time there, right? That's something to pay attention to. That is a behavior that you can then shift and adjust and grow into and cut off the other behavior, deadheading the roses, right? We continue to participate in relationship because it is our goal as human beings to connect, to have connection, communication, and understanding. It is our goal to make sure that we can spend time with people that we want to, that feed us, that is reciprocal, that is, you know, it feeds my soul. And then I can go out and have those interactions that I don't necessarily want to have, but I kind of have to. Like I had to go to the bank yesterday to make a deposit. Not my favorite. It just makes me uncomfortable. Uh, but I can go and do that because I know that then I'm going to go spend time with my friends. I'm going to go spend time with the people that feed me and, you know, continue to build, you know, that resilience in me to continue to grow and change. That said, certain relationships, especially when there is a breakdown in communication, can feel really frustrating. And if I want to maintain the relationship, one, I have to manage my own behavior, be aware of my own feelings, and recognize how did I contribute to the breakdown in this relationship? And how do I, if I choose to, rebuild that with patience, grace, and kindness? How do I continue to grow, cutting off old behaviors, cutting off old uh, coping skills, cutting off old parts of the things that no longer serve me so that I can continue to grow and build in those relationships that I want to maintain? That said, the other person also gets to participate in that behavior. If they choose not to, then we cut off that part of the rose. Like that's just, that's what happens. Um, and there's sadness, there's grief, all the things that is part of it. So recognizing what are the relationship dynamics that I want to participate in? What is my energetic and, and emotional capacity to participate in them? And how do I shift and change my behavior to then benefit the relationship? How do I recognize or learn new coping skills so that I continue to grow and change and be the best version of myself um, so that I can continue to participate in those relationships that do feed me in a positive and healthy way. How do I recognize what I am doing and what parts of the rose bush need to be trimmed back? So that is your nugget, a round way of saying all the things. Um, so the, the workshop is going to be on November 18th at 10 AM here in Albuquerque at Discovering Greatness. Um, you can get a hold of me here, lx2.cod.coach, uh, at gmail.com. Um, again, stickers are available. I am loving people posting and getting really excited about them. If you want one, let me know. If you want the whole set, let me know. <laughs> um, I'm super excited to be able to share all of this with people. I am so grateful to everyone that is listening. Um, Illinois, uh, Chicago, Pennsylvania, Chicago's in Illinois, uh, Pennsylvania, Nevada, uh, California, Washington. Thank you so much. Australia is a thing lately. Um, it's kind of awesome. I will for sure. Um, I will text you later. And uh, definitely want to be able to continue to share this message. It's kind of awesome. I'm really enjoying it. Um, therapy, if you want an appointment in New Mexico only. Um, coaching can happen a little bit broader. You can get a hold of me there. I am starting a new thing. I will let you guys know when I partner uh, to do that. Um, but I do want you to know that you can continue to have the relationships that you want to have with the people that are super important to you 
as long as you're everybody's doing their work right and your your journey is recognizing what relationships you want to maintain how you feel in those relationships and are they reciprocal some roses you'll have to deadhead some behaviors you'll have to change you'll have to cut off those behaviors so that you can continue to grow when i read just googled like why why do we deadhead the roses um it's so that the energy in the rose bush can grow go to those spaces that are still growing and we want to continue to do that as human beings we are prone to moving in the direction of growth we are prone to moving in the direction of change even though it's uncomfortable even though we don't like it sometimes as long as you are upright and breathing you have the opportunity to continue to be the best version of yourself thank you so much to my beautiful friends um my tequila and shovel humans i i don't know if i could have gotten this far without you so thank you so much i will talk to you soon lx2.cod.coach you can get me on uh, Facebook, on TikTok, on Instagram, um, I'm all over the place. Uh, if you want to check out the podcast and this is the first time you've seen my face, um, you know, just Google LX2 Codependency Coaching. I will talk to you soon. I'm going to end the video. I'm going to end the podcast and I will talk to you guys next week. Take care. All right. So we have ended the live video on Instagram. Um, talked about so many things. Uh, prune your rose bushes. I think that will be awesome. Um, the growing season for roses is ending soon, but if you have a rose bush and you have the opportunity to just pay attention to the flowers, that would be awesome. I will talk to you next week and um, have a great one. Bye.